Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, everyone. Or welcome. We're tongue tied there. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Club Act Twenty Two, your Rangers podcast. I am your host this evening. This is Club Live. It is Friday, tenth of February. Uh, unfortunately, we've had no midweek football to discuss, but we'll certainly find uh, a few subjects this evening, and hopefully things run a bit smoother than my tongue did there. Uh, I am mm. sitting with my manscaped uh, boxers on this evening. So they're very, very comfy, and that's a free one for his manscape. You can have that. <laughs> uh, if you watch the last pod that I did, you'll know why I said that. Um, before I introduce the guys to you, you already know, can I please ask you to like, share, and subscribe? Uh, I think Carly said during the week we are getting close to 4,000 subscribers, which is unbelievable. Um, but if you can just keep sharing this podcast, keep liking it, telling your friends about it, we really appreciate the, the kind of community we're building here together. So... Enough of that nonsense. Um, let me introduce the guys. First off is Mr. Ali Pearson. I hear that you're doing a bit of spreading, mate. What's what's happening here? Oh, I had a cold last week and I was up at Carney's to watch the, the Hearts game. It's a Carney's blaming it in me. So I'll take the blame. Rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you should be spouting in here, Ryan, that you're wearing Manscaped boxers and that's all you're wearing because um, one of our listeners, Pamela, listens to us in the bath. So. You've got manscape boxers on. God. Oh. She, she probably wishes she never told us that now, Carmen. She probably does, yeah. She probably <laughs> does. As very often I am speechless, but I'm just going to swiftly move on here. Um, Scotia, mate, how are you? How's your beat been, mate? <laughs> hi, Ryan. Hi, everyone. Hi, listeners. Yes, um, I've been all right, yeah. Then Ali almost taking us down a path that we didn't really want to go down there already in the pod, just after everyone, we were just about to start recording and we were just discussing Ali and his wee slip of the tongues as well, so perfect start from Ali, but nice to see you as all. Hi, I'm not going to talk about MD's slip of the tongue after the start I had this pod. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, Mr Scott Carley, how's your week been, mate? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm okay, mate. I I am slightly fighting the the man flu or whatever this is. There seems to be so many people who have it, but yeah, I've had it in the head, I've had it in the throat, and I've had it in the chest. So I am a I'm I'm getting there, but this is literally Alistair's fault. It is all Alistair's fault. But such is life. We battle on. It's Friday uh, once again. So hello, everybody in the chat. Good to see you all. And yeah. It's been, a, it's been a long week without a, a midweek game, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think I was too bothered about it, but as it's neared Friday, I'm like, I've still got another day to go yet before we actually play on that day, and it's not until four o'clock that day when it does come. So, yeah, but no, I'm uh, looking forward to this, mate. Yeah, same. I think, um, like I said, we've not had any midweek football to discuss, but we'll certainly preview the Partick Thistle game um, towards the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, if everyone can get Involved in the comments, put your questions in. If there's anything that 
Scottish are earlier, as Scott can answer, they will do. I can't do two things at one time, so I will not be reading uh, your comments unless the guys flag up, but certainly get involved and we'll, and we'll get things started. Um, firstly, I want to discuss as the European Super League, which is news that's dropped this week. Um, don't know if anyone's expecting it. Obviously, the, the rounds were going round about the English Premier League last year about them departing for an English, and uh, sorry, a European Super League. The latest is from, I think it's the A22 or A22 organisation. They're proposing an AT-team Super League um, to break away because they feel that it's time for change and there'd be, there'd be an imbalance um, between the bigger clubs and other clubs in Europe. This would include the proposal, apparently would include Rangers and Celtic, um, the two, two big clubs from, from Scotland. So we would be in those discussions whether or not the club are taking this seriously or where it's at. I don't know. For me, I feel as if I've seen all this before. I don't know if it's my age. I know we've got various ages in there amongst the listeners. For me, it's just, I've heard this all before, really. There's obviously people aren't happy with UEFA, which is completely understandable. I'll come to you first, Ali. This European Super League, we kind of, I don't know about you, I kind of laughed it off last year when it was proposed to the English teams and then I think it was a vote against it. I don't know what the numbers were, the stats were. Scotia will probably have them to hand, I'd imagine. But what's, what's your view on this? We've, for me, we've heard all this before with Atlantic League, with David Murray back in the 90s saying there's going to be this breakaway league. I kind of feel as if if it does happen, I don't see Vince and Celtic being involved in that. Nah, I believe it when I see it. Same as you, right? we're all similar ages here, so I've, I've heard it before. The one last season, that the one when the, the English clubs and the Italians and Spanish like, wanted to break away, and there was a big uproar about it, and they all they all sort of pulled away from it. I think it was only the I don't know, Scottish, I'll know, the Spanish clubs that were still sort of behind, sort of wanted to do it. But uh, you mentioned the Atlantic League all those years ago when it was the the top teams from outside the, the top leagues, if you want to say the odds, the from Holland, Belgium, all these kind of one Scandinavian clubs. Heard it before. I believe it when I see it. it um, aye, it's, an, it's just another. It's, it's, it's poked its head again. But if it ever happens, I need to take a mor- uh, re- redo my mortgage because imagine all the all the <laughs> games, European games. If you're in a league and you're playing each other umpteen times, whatever it is, it's um, it would cost a fortune. Rangers would enjoy being in it because they'd make a lot of money out of it, and probably Celtic would too. But uh, I believe it when I see it. I. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same camp as you, mate. I think certainly when you were when we were younger, I remember the Atlantic League coming up in European leagues and I was going to a premiership. All that chat started. Murray, I think Murray even signed, believe it or not, signed a couple of players. I think Michael Ball was one who kind of got the idea sold that we would be in the Premier League in the next year or two. Um so he fell for one of Murray's moonbeams. But um Scotia, what's what's your thoughts on this European League for me? Bit of pie in the sky for us. I think the bigger teams are kind of trying to kind of ruffle feathers amongst UEFA, and, and it's well, we all know what it's about. It's about money, isn't it? Yeah, um, what's my thoughts? And I don't really have a, I'm not really for or against the idea of a kind of restructured tour of football throughout the Europe for everyone and um, whatever kind of fold that takes. But right now, I mean, you mentioned the, this A22 group. With all they've really put up to like ten principles for a European league, and it's there's not really much meat in the bones of it so far. Like they've mentioned, sixty to eighty teams, at least fourteen games per season. Which to think about it would be, I that'd be okay because you've then you would kind of have like the group the games that you've got from the Champions League at the moment, sort of at the start half of the season, and then you would still be guaranteed football in Europe later on in the season. So, yeah, I could see the, the kind of appeal behind that for clubs like ourselves. But realistically, where are we going to be in that? We are going to be in the mid to bottom table of that kind of structure, I would imagine. And because you'll still have your top league, which is, let's be honest, it's been driven by Juve, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. They're the three clubs that are really, really pushing for this. And it, it brings on a bigger question why are they pushing for this? And to be honest, it's the ridiculous amounts of money that are in the Premier League. These these clubs are getting outbid for players who are, let's be honest, if you look at it historically, nothing football teams in England because of the amount of money there. So that's kind of where the issue always 
always stemmed from and getting these clubs get in it. It's one of these ones where if it happened, yeah, you'd probably want to be part of it. And there would be teething problems. There always is. A, Champions League wasn't met with um, much furore when that happened. I'm still, I don't like it being called the Champions League right now because at the moment, the way this Champions League structured is not a Champions League. It's the biggest clubs and the biggest leagues who are in it. Because I think what leagues 24 or the top four leagues in Europe get four teams automatically in. Whereas if you're not in the top 10 leagues in Europe, then you need to go through qualifying. So I, get, I would like to see the Champions League more restructured. I know they are restructuring the Champions League for season following next which, again, that'll bring us more games again. I think that gives us a minimum of eight games, I think. So four home and four away. Is it ten teams per group? Is it? No, it's just basically it's one... The the way the Champions League's going is one big league table, but you only play of 36 teams. So there's a league table of 36 teams, but you only play eight games. So you won't play, obviously, you won't play everyone. And then uh, the way they've got to the top... 18 go through to the playoffs and then there's like a knockout stage for the teams finishing 19th to 36th. So that, that'll be interesting to see when that happens. But like you say, it's something that always kind of gets mooted. It's always been mooted and it always will be mooted for the clubs like ourselves and Celtic. Potentially. Ajax are probably at that stage above us because they've been so successful in Europe continuously. But there, there are other teams, Portuguese teams, some, some of the Scandinavian teams that are, you know, they've got quite a big history, some of the Eastern European teams as well that are maybe finding their feet again after Kenny dropping away uh, during the mid-90s. Um, so there is an appetite there for it, but domestic football is going to be alive and kicking as well, but what does that mean for us? I mean, I'm always of the opinion that I'd like to see the Scottish Premiership get better, which is always difficult to do, being next door to EPL and given the way the, the SFA is. FPL approach things because they don't want to upset UEFA and FIFA and who are kind of older cards and I know why they don't want to and it all comes down to not wanting to lose their place on IFAB um, which is a discussion for another day but um, nah, we'll see how it goes I, I think this will run out of steam because obviously this court case from the first time that they attempted it still to happen so I imagine mm-hmm. that'll kind of kibosh that and then UEFA will kind of take control but it's getting to kind of the stage where you feel that there could be a breakaway between clubs. Like, you know, what's happening like boxing and darts, something like that, you feel yeah. it's about to happen in the, in the future, but we'll just debate and see how it goes. You make a lot of good points, mate, I really do. I think um, definitely you do feel as if there is going to be a breakaway body, whether it's as a 22 or whatever they're going to call themselves. If I do need a kind of run for their money, they're... I, I, I'm not a huge fan of UEFA. Let's just put it that way. But I think the Champions League's lost a bit of a bit of spark. There's no doubt about that. Not just saying this because we've been playing in the Europa League, but I've really enjoyed the Europa League the past past couple of years. Really, when we've been in it, but I just think it's been a lot. Some of the games have been a lot more competitive than the Champions League than seeing the big teams winning five six 0 like Man City and the teams. Let's let's be honest, the teams that have got that the huge budgets and. Although A22 have said this is about reducing the imbalance between the big clubs, I'm not sure if it is or not. I don't. I don't know. I've not read enough about it. But Carly, what's your view on this? You, I, th- I think we're all in unison in terms of this. A bit pie in the sky. I was quite shocked to hear Rangers and and that lot as well mm-hmm. uh, mentioned in the in the talks about it. But what are your views on this, mate? <sighs> Again, I'll kind of be painting the wall with everything you've said. It's just, it reminds me of the Atlantic League that we were meant to be getting. It reminds me of <clears throat> the first breakaway that we had of this. And it's kind of like the age old thing that we continuously hear every couple of years that Rangers and Celtic should they join England, etc. It's all this um, kind of nonsense behind it. I, I'm, I'm in agreement that I think something will happen in terms of some teams will break away because. I'm the same. The way UEFA run things is just baffling. It really is. It's like if you don't like our rules and you make a complaint about our rules, we'll just change the rules and there's nothing really, really that you can do about it. It's our ball kind of thing and we all have to play along to the tune of it. Um, and again, the restructure of the Champions League, I don't, I, I personally, I don't see how it makes it better. It's not next season, it's year after next, isn't it? 
that the restructure happens. So again, I don't understand that. What is wrong with? And I know it's all money. It's all money, and it's all money going to the top of the table, and it's all money going to England. I get that. But what's wrong with all the teams that are involved? I mean, this sound, this might sound crazy. Honestly, it might sound mental. But see, every every country that's involved and they win their league, then they're into the Champions League. There's no qualifying this, qualifying that. It's just you play in the Champions League. It's not a it's not a complicated system. Uh, uh, maybe, as I say, those that finish second, yes might have to battle it out to get a place. And obviously, England's the top four that will get in. Again, I'm not sure how much I agree with that, but again, that's all to do with money. But yeah, it's like, it's overcomplicating something that doesn't need to be this bad. And at the end of the day, UEFA is corrupt as anybody wants to believe that it is because it's corrupt to the core. And there's absolutely no doubt about it. However, they are the ones that control everything. They are the ones that control the, the money in football. Well, prize money, etc. Not really down to broadcasting, that's all down to the individual leagues, I suppose. Um, but do I think Rangers will be involved? If it does happen, I can see this board going for it because I think they'll think there's money there's money in it. Um, I think they'll, they'll weigh it up as, not in terms of, is it best for, is it best for Scottish football? Is it best for that? But it will be, can the club make money out of it? That's the way they look at it. We've got an ACDC range for crying out loud. So of course this of course this board would have a look at it. I don't think there's any doubt in that. Do I want it to happen? No, probably not. And I don't think I just don't think what it what it's gonna add and it's gonna complicate matters more than it needs to. I get it happened in darts. It took a long time for it in darts to properly take off. And then the boxing thing. The, the boxing thing's the most confusing thing in the world for me because there's about 95 belts for every division. And it's just it's the most confusing thing in the world. And I'm a boxing fan. Generally love watching boxing. But some fights, I'm like, I've never heard of that guy and he's got four belts. How How's that guy got four belts and I've never heard of him? It's one of those kind of things. And it could come become a bit like that. It could be a, become a bit like WWE, do you know what I mean? Where there's like titles getting passed around every other week and stuff like that. And you keep the winner of the cup this week, you keep the cup the winner this week, aye. But I, I do believe I, I, the motive behind it, if they want to stick it like that, is to make you pull their socks up. If that's what it's all about, then yes, but to me it's nothing but a money-making scheme. Um, and we'll be, as Scotia's right, we're going to be mid to bottom of the table with it, is there going to be much in it for us apart from costing fans money? Uh, I don't know. It's one of these ones when you ain't see me. I, I, I just doubt it will come to anything right now, but I think in the future there will be some form of breakaway from UEFA. And that's completely sitting on the fence. I do understand that. I, no, I think it's very hard to like talk about it when we are... Well, we don't know when it's going. It's just been suggested at the moment, so it's very hard to speak about it. If we speak hypothetically and say Rangers are part are at the table and are going to going to take part in this this European Super League, then it's going to cost the fans an arm and a leg. I think lads, I think there's there's no getting away for that. Um, I think Mister Bisgrove will probably have his notifications switched on. <laughs> He'll be waiting to hear back to see to see if we're. Uh, if we're going to be at the, at the table for it. Um, but I just want to hear your thoughts. Aye, I want to hear your thoughts on it. And yeah, I think it's very much pie in the sky at the moment. And if it did go down that line, I think my days of going to Rangers games would be numbered because I certainly couldn't afford tickets. I already struggled to go to Champions League at the moment, never mind anything else. Anyway, and gentlemen, Ryan. we will move on. We'll move on. Sorry. Right. See before, sorry, see before you move on. Sorry for cutting across you there. But just I've seen someone in the comments put this up and then... Um, Something else that I would like to see as well is obviously it'd be change the league cup to like a British cup. Yeah, for here I think that would be cracking. What even with the champ, well about with the cha- with the championship, maybe not the Premier League, they probably wouldn't get involved. But well, at the championship, yeah, I could see that. But that, I know they do it for the Challenge Cup that they invite teams from like Wales and Northern Ireland across to that. But um, that and then what are your thoughts? Obviously, it's gone now, and I don't think it'll ever come back. But I would like to see like a proper. European Cup competition come back, like the Cup Winners' Cup, something yeah. like that come back. I know it was when it went away; it was kind of going downhill. But I would—I don't know about your thoughts if you'd like to see something like that back. But I would, I would, I would like, I would like to see a cup competition back. Definitely not just because we won it. I think a Cup Winners' Cup would be quite special. I think that 
Carly made the point how, how it's like the, the Champions League isn't champions in it anymore. The, the big teams won't miss out. So I think it's very difficult to it's very difficult to kind of keep an interest when it's just it is all it's, it's all organised round, round about the big teams and the money teams. So I think that's where it's lost its interest for clubs like our, clubs like ours who I, I believe Rangers are a proper football club with proper fans. Whereas you could maybe look at no offence to any Man City fans that are listening. Some Man City don't, for me, hold that kind of that kind of lure. It's more about money. But um, uh, it's an interesting point. I don't know what they would do about that, but I, I would like to see some sort of cup competition. I don't know you guys, Ali. European Cup competition. What do you think of that? Aye, yeah. Not the first, to be honest. <laughs> the Champions League and Europe League is fine with me. I, I get what Scotia is saying. Um, I think they've talked about the League Cup potentially with England with their League Cup because they don't treat that League Cup in England um, seriously no, down there. So no. you see the teams they put out. So they'd maybe up, be up for something like that. But again, what teams they would field against us up here, I don't know. So uh, it's pie in the sky stuff. It's another podcast for me talking about all that stuff. So aye. Definitely. Um, apologies, I've probably had a few connection issues. My son came in and closed the door, which is really good of him. So, big shout out to Toby there. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Dobbs. Right, we'll move on, guys. Um, we'll go on to, we'll go on to uh, Michael Beale. Michael Beale's been, been accused of being disrespectful this week. Um, it was in, reported from Gus McPherson, who is the head of operations for St Johnston. So, I think the comment he was asked about the, the state of their pitch, which I think we would all agree wasn't a great condition um, at this time of year. It's obviously difficult, but he was asked about Rangers' comments and he said that he felt they were they were disrespectful and he's, he's he had a word with people at Rangers when, when they played us again. So Gus McPherson clearly wasn't happy. It didn't, in so many words, say that Michael Beale was the one being disrespectful, but I think because Michael Beale described it as um, a cow field in his interview, his post match, then possibly that's where he's he's been aiming at with his disrespectful comment. I'll come to you, Carney. <laughs> Michael Beale for me is he's always respectful in his comments. He's like to every club, even that lot across the city, even though they like to take offence to every single thing that he says. But I think that Michael Beale's always respectful. I would call it a cow field as well, but possibly is it a poor choice of words from him in that in that um, press conference, mate, in that post-match, sorry? Only in Scotland, that's all I'll say. Only in Scotland this would be perceived to be one of these disrespectful comments, uh, I think. Ah, it's just blown out of proportion. It is a cow field. Have you seen the state of it? I mean, come on. But, <laughs> but let's not kid ourselves on. It's not a top-class yeah, I genuinely believe there would have been a better quality public pitch that Rangers could have went and played on that night. Uh, I really, do, I've got no doubt about it. Um, was it disrespectful? I, I don't know. I mean, if you want, to, I think it's all it's all in context, and I think Michael Beale was trying to defend the team's performance. I think so. I think he immediately kind of jumped to the fact that they look at the state of the pitch, um, which might have been a better choice of words. But I mean, to say it's disrespectful, I think it's a bit over the top. I think it's a bit. Let's try and stir something up here to upset big bad Rangers. Um, disrespectful to me, no, because he's saying it exactly how it is. The, the pitch was unacceptable, and the pitch is unacceptable. In a lot of stadiums in Scotland, including Kilmarnock, including Livingston, including Hamden, for goodness sake. I mean, so it's it's something that needs resolved. Uh, as I say, we were meant to believe that these super-duper 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi connected pitches are the, the way forward, but they just don't work and they don't produce good football. Um, so, no, I, the fact that he's going a grass field... Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a cow field, which I believe that it was. It was it was a mess. Then put it this way, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of next season or the end of this St Johnston announced they're getting St Johnston announced they're getting a five G pitch. Put it that way. Or whatever it's called. Is it a four G or a five G pitch? I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, there's a chance of it. Um they wouldn't be the only club that have kind of went down that route. 
Um, Scotia, what do you think about this? Michael Beale's been called disrespectful. Gus McPherson has defended himself, saying that the, at this time of year, between kind of November and March, it's very hard to keep on top of the pitch and get keep it in a, in a good condition. Would you? What, where, where do you sit with this one? Would you say that Michael Beale has been a bit disrespectful, or is Gus McPherson um, way off with us? To be honest, I don't think he's been disrespectful because it's one of these ones, if you, when you listen to what he was saying, it didn't come across as disrespectful when he said it. If you see it written down in print, it does look a wee bit disrespectful if you don't have the nuance of what he, how he was saying it and the way he was responding to the question. So I think Gus McPherson's just getting a wee bit over-defensive. But yes, I, I can understand that he's completely right that pitches, most pitches in Scotland during November to March, yes, they can get really bad. I remember Motherwell's pitch years and years ago. I mean, that was that, that was proper. That was probably the worst pitch I've seen um, in sort of top flight in Scottish football, and they've managed mm-hmm. to, to sort it out. I mean, even even Ibrox when we done this hybrid grass thing, that was, was shocking. Ibrox pitch was really bad. So you know, it happens everywhere. I don't think we're being disrespectful. I think I seen someone on Twitter. I didn't look into it, and I don't know who it was on Twitter that said it. But I'm sure I just as I was scrolling through, I seen something pop up, and Gus McPherson had made similar comments. When he was manager at St Mirren, potentially, it made similar comments about another someone's other pitch. So um, I think he's just getting a wee bit defensive about his club. Doesn't seem to be disrespectful. Excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied here, <laughs> Ryan. It doesn't seem to be disrespectful from Beale and my my view. And like the guys, like Carney said, there, um, I don't think Michael Beale's that kind of person. He comes across as someone that just loves football and tries to see the best in everything in football. Oh, I don't see you getting tongue-tied, mate. I'm thinking this is my internet signal. You're mucking about my head here. <laughs> um, Ali, what about you? So this is... Um, I was surprised to hear the disrespectful tag to Michael Beale because I think he is extremely respectful to, to every club and everyone who he speaks about, he speaks really well. Not just saying that because he's the Rangers manager, I genuinely believe that. Do you think this is a case of... <clears throat> they've St Johnston have been getting it in the neck with a £30 tickets and their fans boycotting games do you think there is a sense of frustration there and they've probably just Beal's got it in the neck or do you think they've got a point that maybe with the resources they can't keep a pitch in as good a condition as we could possibly could at Ibrox I don't give a monkey's what Gus McPherson says I forgot he's actually, I actually forgot he's still in football Gus McPherson a failed, a failed football manager yeah. No, don't give a monkey's what he says. Michael Beale isn't disrespectful. Michael Beale's pointing a true fact that their pitch is a cowfield. It is. We're in the Premiership. I get the weather is not great in Scotland this time of year, but the pitch should be better. Um, I was talking to Paul at my work, who's a Celtic fan, and obviously they played there at the weekend. And the first thing he said to me was, that park was atrocious. And I says, well, Michael Beale came out when we played up there and said the exact same thing. So, Gus McPherson, a guy that, like I say, I never knew still existed in football. <laughs> Don't care. Irrelevant. Move on. Fantastic. Watch this, Gus. Get that right round you, son. Brilliant. Well, Gus, if you are watching, I do apologise firstly for my internet <laughs> comments there. Boys, I've seen a few comments in, in the side there as well, just about, I don't know if I'm dropping out a bit. Do you want me to just drop off for two minutes and jump back on? Do you want me to do that, see if it improves anything? Because it's probably more frustrating for the guys because I'm hosting. Do you want me to just do that? You can do it if you want, mate. It's up to you. As I say, it's no problem at all, mate. That manscape's coming up as well. I think that because that manscape's coming up. Can't I know, that's honestly. <laughs> he's unbelievable, mate, isn't he? He is unbelievable. Did, did I you go, say, go, did mate. you say manscape to Alistair? <laughs> because I'm ready for it, mate. I'm ready for it. Here I'm not go. ready for it. Hold on. Right, manscaped. Here it goes. <laughs> Time for a word from our sponsors, Manscaped. Newsflash, gentlemen. Valentine's Day is almost here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for a special occasion. Get lucky this Valentine's Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming and our exclusive offer. 
go to manscaped.com and use Clubat22 for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just that bit more special. This package contains the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, Premium Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo, Body and Ball Deodorant and much more. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CLUBAT22. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow. Manscaped, the Valentine's Day, your balls will thank you. Tell me, that did, did that cut out much? No, it was perfect to me. Absolutely perfect. Oh, perfect. It was far from perfect tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> far from perfect. Um, listen, I'm sorry. I do apologise. I'm going to blame my kids who will be sitting there streaming everything and watching TikTok. So I will have a word on and apologies to everyone who's tuned in. It seems to have got better, mate, to be fair. It seems to have caught up. There was at one point you were about five seconds behind us, to be honest. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, he's away now. Uh, just quite, before we move on, I just have to give a shout out that's just came through. And Nonny Moose, I think you want to stay anonymous. Um, so I, I just have to thank you for buying the podcast. Five coffees, man. So 25 quid. Absolutely superb, mate. Thank you so much for that. That is great. I don't want to read your name out because you would have put your name, but you've just put a Nonny Moose. So I'm not going to say your name. But uh, really do appreciate that, mate. That is fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. I totally echo what Carly said there. Um Appreciate it. So we'll move on to now. I've done my manscaped at the right bit. Box tick. Box tick. All room for all, all room for improvement, lads. <laughs> um, we spoke about. I think it was last Friday actually. We spoke about Malik Tillman in a bit of um, a bit of detail, and we said about whether you would sign him, how we're impressed with him, would you spend the money on him, etc. We also spoke about players who had. Um, Impressed since Bill come in, players who hadn't impressed since Bill come in. A player that came to mind straight away for me, and I think we, it just probably wasn't a pod to speak about him, is someone who deserves huge credit in my eyes because there was a point not so long ago, maybe 12 months ago, circa 12 months ago, where I I think I used the words get him out of the club. I was so frustrated with his post match at Hamden. I was, I was just disheartened with him and I would literally give him the captain's armband now. I adore this guy that we're going to speak about and it's Connor Goldson. I think Connor Goldson is no it's no uh, coincidence that since Michael Beale come in we are playing well but it's no coincidence that Connor Goldson came back from from an injury. I think it was Michael Beale's second game possibly. So Connor Goldson for me boys deserves huge credit for his consistent performances, his organisation at defence and I think he's just um, he's an unsung hero is what I would say so I kind of want to speak about him a wee bit and, and get your opinions on it, he was there was an unofficial interview, I've not seen the interview and it might be Rangers Twitter, I don't know but I'm going to just read a few quotes from it if it's true, brilliant, if it's not then we can still discuss them but apparently he was asked about staying at the club and signing his new contract and he said, look, you look at the people who have left the club, are they happy? I don't think I could play now for a team that wins three or four games. I just don't think I could mentally take it because I lose or draw a game and it feels like the end of the world. He's also asked about could he see himself retiring at Rangers and he's apparently said, yes, I do. I'm really happy. I'm, I'm in a really good place physically and mentally. I love this club and what it represents. I love the pressure when it what it gives to me day to day basis and, and to work hard. And then he was he was asked about Kent and Morelos and he said, Listen, they're good players and if they want to stay, we'll be really happy to have them. But if they don't, then Rangers Football Club move on and they move on quickly and get new players that are ready here to win because that's why we're all here. Those comments, lads, and I I know I always say like you can talk a good game but you need to put it into practice. Connor Goldson, for me, took a big gamble with the, with the support at Hamden that day after Hibs when he slated the dressing room, pretty much. And he also said that he kind of gave up on that game because we were down 3-0. Straight after that, he bounced back and put performance after performance in and, and he's doing it again. So I'll come to you, uh, Ali. It's no coincidence is it, that, we, that that defence has showed up since he came back. Nice. We talked about it last Friday, I think. Uh, 
I brought Goldstone for a wee, for a, a wee bit. Um, me and Scotia have been saying it for, for years, Scotia, having we down Paisley Road to the boys down there in terms of best centre-half we've got. And I, I said it last week, a lot of people laughed at me and Scotia years ago going, and I used the example, a lot of them would come back and go, oh, no, Nico Katz, I better defend on the list. And, no. And I, I said, same as what I said last week, when he was out for a considerable period of time there, for the first time in his Rangers career, you knew Connor Goldson was not in that Rangers team. And when he came back, like you say, Ryan, you know what's the difference in the Rangers team. He's a leader, he's an organiser, he's a talker. He's For me, he's in the top three Rangers players that we have at the moment. That interview he did, I read it as well. Everything you want to hear for a Rangers player, I thought it was brilliant. He gets what this club's about. I just wish other players would get that as well, what he was saying. But he's right. And I, I, I hope he's probably had a word with Ryan Kent and saying, yeah, Ryan Kent, for, as an example, can go down to England in the summer if he wants. He can double his wage if he wants. But let's be honest, he'll go to a team that doesn't need to win every week. The demand's not there. And Goldson come out and says, I, I couldn't cope with that. I couldn't cope with going down somewhere in England. And if you get beat two or three times in a tour, it's not a disaster. He wants to be under pressure every week and he thrives on it. So... Yeah, I, I I love Connor Goldson. I think he's brilliant. Every time I see his his name in the team sheet, it gives me confidence. The only thing he can maybe improve slightly is, is when he's in the opposition's penalty box when we have Connor kicks and that because his head seems to balloon over the bar at times. But he is a defender. But no, brilliant. I love Connor Goldson a bit. And I was delighted when he signed the contract in the summer because all of us never seen it coming. And... Um, Hopefully Ryan Kent will do the same this summer as well. But brilliant player, leader, and he's a captain for me. I know he's not the official captain, he's a vice captain, but he's a captain in the park for me. And yes, I am very glad he's there for the considerable future, hopefully. Yeah, totally. Carney, I know you're a fan of Colton as well. He's again just to reiterate and, and paint the wall again, but I think he deserves it. I think since Michael Beale come in. Ever been playing great, but he's been a huge part of this, mate. He's 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 solid for us, and I don't think if he'd gone in the summer, I don't think we would have replaced him. I don't think we would have either, mate. I think it would have been a tough ask to replace Connor Goldson um, within this Rangers team. It, it's amazing how quickly things can change in football, and we are we are bad for it as well. Like us personally, um, as a podcast, we we do it. It's it's the emotion of the football, the emotion you feel for your team, and you can quickly change opinions on things and players and whatever. But Goldson was he was hailed as the rock that 55 was built on. And I know we don't we don't always like to harp on about the past, but he went from that to all of a sudden everybody really not being his biggest fan because we all thought he was going to run out his contract. But it was, in my opinion, it's the pride thing amongst, amongst fans and the pride that we have as being Rangers fans is like, how dare you run down your contract and just leave? Uh, it's, I feel like it's one of those things. Whereas Connor Goldson is... <sighs> He's paid us back tenfold for what what we invested in him, and I don't think it was very much. If I remember correctly, I don't think it was. Was he a free signing? Actually, it was called three, three. About three million. Three million. Was it? Was it three million? Was it three million? So even at that though, he still paid us back. I don't think there's any any argument in it at all. Um, Connor Goldson. That I think it was the Glasgow the Evening Times or the, the that was I was the Evening Times or the Glasgow Times. I can't remember. But it was the Evening Times? I think they did the, that interview where they were speaking about. And that he's happy here. He wants to finish his career here. He gets what this club is all about. He under he couldn't the the bit where he said like the bit you mentioned he couldn't go three or four games without winning a game. He don't think he could mentally mentally live with it anymore. And it, evidently, Goldson's a winner and he's a leader and he's he is pivotal to this Rangers team. He really is. I, I can't I can't praise Connor Goldson enough and I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think we need to give Ben Davis a bit of credit as well because Goldson does, I've seen people saying it in the comments as well, Goldson does play better when he's got somebody beside him he can trust and I think he can trust him. I think he knows he's got my back, I've got his back, etc. And it's a, it's a really good partnership um, to have. But Connor Goldson's words are, yeah, I wish everybody could be drinking out the same cup as him within this team because he's a he's a true leader, he's a true role model for the, for this Rangers team, uh, and he's very much a a a, a modern day leader uh, within that 
that team might not wear the arms band, but I reckon a lot of people, no disrespect to Tavernier, but I reckon a lot of people, even within the team, look at Conor Goldson as the man to lead them forward. But uh, Rangers wouldn't have been able to replace him. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I mean, where would it have been? Suter coming in? Like, Suter to replace Goldson? I don't think so. It's not even close. So, yeah, um, I'm happy to see Conor Goldson run his uh, run his career out at Rangers more than happy. Um, he's a he's a pivotal part of this team. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's scary to think that there was talk of that when we knew we were getting sort of there was talk of he is going replacement. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and if you think of that now, aye, exactly, Ali. Um, aye, but not not to, not, not to focus on the downside of it, but he's, he's been brilliant, Goldson and. Uh, you make a brilliant point, Scotia. Carly makes a great point that Goldson's had so many partners at centre half with him since he joined Rangers. It's been a constant, you could say, a kind of a conveyor belt of defenders when you think of it. Nico Katic, um, Sands, Balligan, uh, Jack Simpson, we could go on, we could go and find Joe, a Joe Warrell. But Goldson is the consistent, he's the one that's always there. And I think Carly makes a brilliant point that. You've maybe seen the best of him at the moment because he's got, I don't know if he's going to be equally as good, but he's certainly got a good centre-half partnership with Ben Davies now. Yeah, he does. I think his best partnership before that was when Hellander was fit and he was playing alongside him. Because I think Hell, I do, I do still think, based purely football on basis, I think Hellander's a better player than Davies. But I think Davis is getting there. Um, but you know, it's hell under he's injured. You also forgot to mention that of all the kind of accolades that we've been giving him, there he's also the best goalkeeper according to some Muppets. Oh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, I, I've not listened to that podcast where these comments were made, but they, they were probably tongue in cheek. But it's funny when I seen that they put that up. But um, <laughs> no, since Goldson's come in, what the eighteen nineteen season? It's kind of looking through his first two seasons. He played mid fifty sort of games during that those periods and then the 55 in the, the Europa League final it was um 20 no 60 over 60 games I think this season's going to be the only time that he'll finish under 50 games saying so he kind of played for Rangers and that's obviously because of the the period of time that he was out for but um yeah I can't really say much more than what the guys have said he's been absolutely absolutely fantastic for us key for us because I think a lot him along with Tav have probably been our two most Played players really, um, and playing the majority of the games. Maybe Kent might be hovering around that mark as well at, at times. But um, he's been brilliant. Like you, I know in the interview he'd said, I think he said that he was getting an awful lot of stick for not signing his contract, and not really anything happened with that. I don't. I, maybe some of the listeners can remind me if said something different, but I don't think it was that. I mean, I was bothered that he was. It, we weren't getting told anything about it, but I wasn't that bothered if you know what I mean it was like you it was the comments that he'd made after that game at Hampton against Hibs and it's we were on the pod doing it and it's because uh, you, we're doing the aftermatch pod we've had a few drinks you're after a game that you've just watched that of course your emotions are going to be running running high but um, he's taken that and he's turned it around again for himself and then um, he's a vital part of our team yeah it certainly is it's, it's just uh, <laughs> I'm a total Rangers down when I say this, but I don't like using the word irreplaceable when I, do, I genuinely think Conor Goldson's irreplaceable. I don't think you're getting a better centre-half in Scotland than, than Conor Goldson. So I just wanted to speak about him and, and I'm glad we did. So um, I don't know if that's I don't know how big my delay is, but is that John Kerr just getting my Manscaped promo there? I, mean, I think so. I think he's definitely a bit delayed. Right. Strap, strap yourself in, John. I hope you enjoy the, the Conor Goldson chapter. Um, <laughs> Next next up, boys, I want to speak about the press conference was today. I think around about one o'clock today, the player was Todd Cantwell. Um, and obviously Michael Beale did the press conference as well for the up- upcoming Partick Thistle game, the Scottish Cup game on Sunday. Todd Cantwell was a very simple one. It was He speaks well, but it was just how much he's enjoying it and he thinks the team are fantastic, the boys are fantastic. He's settling in and he's hoping to get fitter and sharper. Nothing really special to call out there. Michael Beale is as good as ever. He was just speaking about how he wants the team to be a bit more relentless. Um, he said he's looking forward to the game. The Cup's a bit different. We're already in one final. He wants to get to another. And 
he's he's absolutely loving the job, which you can I think you can tell with Michael Bailey loves his job. But he's he's absolutely loving it, apart from having to do three press conferences in a week at times. But um hey ho. But um one thing he did give an update was injuries, and I know it's probably taking a kind of downside on to what we're speaking about with goals and whatever, but it's it's something we do need to speak about. So hey Ali, you smiling because I never used that word there. <laughs> Kmar K- Roof is back in training. Hold the jokes, um, and he was also saying Haji Haji's got had an extra week under his belt of training as well. John Suter and Tom Lawrence um, are doing individual work at the moment, so they don't have a, any kind of return date. Um, Lundstrom's not going to be available this weekend, but he's hopefully he'll be back for Livingston, which I was quite shocked at. Um, because he's taken a sore one and Gilmaz is out for another three weeks yet and that was the update in terms of injuries so I don't know whether it was a good or a bad I think it's frustrating because Gilmaz seems to have went on and on and on Lawrence we don't have a date for but the big plus for me is Kmart Roof is back in training and Hadji's another week, week under his belt I'm going to look at that side of things guys so I'll come to you first, Scotia, because we're talking about Haji. Another week for Haji. I think a few fans were expecting Haji just because he played a few minutes the other week there, that that would be him. We'd be starting the next game. And I think people need to remember that this has been an ACL he's done and the Rangers need to be careful with his the rest of his season, really, how he's going to, going to uh, rehabilitate and come back from this. Yeah, I mean... On Hadji, I would love to see him back in the team, but I don't think that's going to. I mean, the starting lineup, should I say? Sorry, I don't think that's going to happen. I might be might be surprised come Sunday afternoon, but I think for the foreseeable couple of month month to month and a half two months, you'll probably see Hadji just getting half an hour and then gradually increasing it as it goes. Maybe depending on who we're playing, if we're playing at Ibrox, they maybe will will start a game. I don't know, but it's good to see him obviously back. Like you say, that and ACLs takes you out the game for a long time, so it's just. Yeah, he needs that gradual, gradual introduction to things. I would say. Yeah, I think I think as long as they're careful, Hadji. I think I think just I didn't for me I wouldn't include him. I didn't think we'd even well maybe see him at the end of the season, but I'm surprised that we have seen him at this stage already. And I think I'm not too in a rush to see Hadji playing every game or pushing himself. See as long as Hadji's back for the beginning of next season. That's what I want to see. I want to see Hadji get some minutes from now to the end of the season and then come begin the next season, he's fit and ready to go for this title next year. That's what I want to see. And then I'm sure we all do. Ali, what was your thoughts about the injuries, the injury updates, if there's any that stood out for you? Yilmaz, for me, is the one where, obviously, I want to see Yilmaz at left-back. We all know why. He is the second-best left-back at the club. There you go, them off. Um, but it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating to see that Yilmaz. I know somebody put in the in the comments here that it's a bad it's a bad injury he's had. It was a grade one tear. I'm not a physio. I don't know. Obviously, that's the worst tear. But it does seem to have went on and on. This I seem to remember Bill saying three or four weeks ago that Yilmaz might only be a couple of weeks away, and it has seemed to to drag on this one, Ali. Yeah, strap yourself in for three weeks' time. Ryan, you'll say the exact same thing. He's another three weeks away. <laughs> so get yourself involved in that one. The one that had me and Carney were probably more interested was Matondo, wasn't he mentioned again? I'm intrigued about <laughs> Matondo, Matondo at the moment because apparently he was injured. I've seen him in Kamar Roof's Instagram stories, not opening cafes in the Barton, but running about and stuff <laughs> at Ibrook. So I, I don't know where he is. Nobody seems to ask about Matondo. I know he's kind of way down the pecking order, but Three million quid. It's a bit of a weird one. The, the two that stood out for me and Carney put in the group chat today, and I don't want to bring it down, but it's, it's Tom Lawrence again. It, I really don't think we'll see him this season. And John Suter, who we were told ages ago would be on the bench for St. Johnson, then had a setback. And I think we've took a gamble on John Suter. And it's not cost us money. It's cost us money in wages, obviously, but a gamble on him that may not pay off because the boys... His injury record shocking. It really is, and um, that's a that's a that's a downside at the moment. But I come out roof back. That's a positive. Come out roof as long as he can stay fit. Come out roof. Honestly, he's a fantastic footballer. Come out roof. He's a great option to bring on. Great option to start. 
wouldn't surprise me if Kamar Roof scores the, the, the winner in the League Cup final against against them. It would not surprise me. That's the type of player he is. He, he scores big goals for Rangers. So I'm delighted he's back when it's coming into critical games now for us. So it's a good option to have, especially when big Cholak's not firing all cylinders at the moment. I know he's been injured. I expect him to start tomorrow. So it's a good option having him back. So positives, but... I, I know you're desperate to see Yilmaz, Ryan, I know the moths had a wee word in your ear and all that, but I know you're desperate to see Yilmaz, but I, I just get the feeling he's going to be one of these guys, a, a Jordan Ross, or seven to ten days, whatever it is, oh. and it's going to be that continuously. I couldn't think, I couldn't think, I think I still have nightmares about Jordan Ross every time I see the, the numbers seven and ten together. Um Carney, what, what do you think? What was your thoughts about? I, do you know I forgot all about John Suter? He obviously had an update as well, and I think I heard Stevie Clifford say during the week that the latest update they had on Matondo was it was a knee injury. So he's going to be out for a bit. I'd imagine if that, if that's a knee injury, but we'll keep it. We'll keep away for that. We won't say anything snide about it. But um, what's your thoughts on this, Carney? What's your thoughts on the injury list? Are you seeing? Have you seen the, the positives in this? Kmar Roof is a huge positive, but obviously, yeah, Tom Lawrence and, and Neil Maz are the frustrating ones, aren't they? Yeah. Can't the explain who the moth is first. Yeah, the trying scorsman just ask who's the moth. See, if you have to ask, then it's already too late. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Kamar Roof, like, Ali's right. He's a, he's an excellent striker. He really is. I mean, he's an, an absolute top. When he's on his game, he's terrific. He's scored some beautiful goals for us, absolute crackers, never mind one from 80 yards or whatever it was from he's he's a great he's a great striker and it's a, a positive that he's back as early as he, as early as he is I'm the same as every Rangers fan with Kamar Roof is that you've let's just hope that he can go maybe a month without an injury that would be quite nice if we could get a month out of him before he gets another knock and I'm not being negative that about it but it's true, I mean how, how much longer do, do we do this Wickmar Roof, um, I but he, he, what an option to have if he can stay fit. Generally, what an option. Um, Matondo, strange, mate. That is very, very strange. And I know laughs and jokes aside, it's strange that he's just not getting mentioned now. He doesn't even. We don't know where he is. We don't know what's happening with him. We don't know if he's if he's fit or if he's not fit. We don't know. Um, Bill did say he will he will come again or something like that. Matondo will come at it again or something. But I'm saying it's a, a strange one for that amount of investment that we, we really know nothing about him or what's happening with him. Could be personal stuff as well. It could be could be something going on in his personal life. Sometimes we forget that football players are human. Uh, so there could be something going on, yeah. But yeah, strange one. Because this, this kind of game would be where you would expect somebody like Matondo to come on and come in and try and make an impact on the game to try and get I would say the majority of Rangers fans back on side um with what he can bring. Uh, who else? Hadji, very good. Looking forward to seeing him. I think he will feature um on Sunday. Um I, I don't see why you wouldn't. It's going to be at Ibrooks, it's on a good pitch. He's had another week of training, so it's I think it's a perfect opportunity for to him to get some minutes. And yeah, the Souter and Lawrence one, I, I'm the same. Like I couldn't think of who it was that I, the vibes that I was getting off both of them, to be honest. And uh, it is Rossiter, it is Rossiter vibes where I'm like, oh god. I really want Lawrence back. Um, look, I believe in what Beal's doing as well. We've got options there just now. There is no need to rush these players back. Suter maybe more than Lawrence. Um, but obviously based on Holanda been out for ever. Um, so I get what Suter maybe we'd be thinking about getting back first. Lawrence maybe not so much. They are still training, but it's going to be one of those things I think it takes time. And yeah, Yilmaz... Really, really disappointing. Um, with Yilmaz again, I am not. A, I don't have a degree, and I don't know how long it takes physiotherapy for a, a grade one tear. I've got no idea. I'd imagine quite long. So apparently, it's the worst that can be. But yeah, I again will agree with Alistair. I, I, I hang, I hang about well too much. That be, be prepared in three weeks to get told these three weeks away. Aye. I would, I would go along with that. I, I think I have written Yilmaz off this season, which yeah. is horrible. But listen, I, I did think that possibly about Hadji as well. And Hadji surprised me, which is great. It's great news that, that, that we're seeing him running around the team again. And if that ever sums up the club at 22 fans, 
those back-to-back comments from Potato Man and Big Harry Coach. Matondo, <laughs> can't be that bad. Big Harry comes in with Matondo's honking. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, guys. Um, right, we're here to preview which is Arctic Russell on Sunday in the Scottish Cup and it's a, a 4pm kickoff, which we're all absolutely buzzing about, I'm sure. Um, you cannot beat a 4 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. No idea why. For television purposes, clearly. But um, no, no no, regard to the fans. But we, we played Bartik Thistle, who... I actually want to come to Scotia with this one. Just a quick question before I get your teams and your thoughts. Scotia, I've been going to games since 1994-95. And I went to a lot of games at Fur Hill and, and Ibrox. I don't remember them ever beating us. Do you? Um... I don't remember now. Did we, did we play them when we were coming back up through the league? We must have been in the championship yeah. with them, but I can't, I can't yeah. really remember any games against them. Because uh, I've been I've been here for a Hull a few times, but um, because obviously when a lot of my pals were staying up in Monrano, Street Village yeah. Rangers weren't on. You'd maybe go along and see that, but um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, if anybody in the comments can, because I always I always have four memories of playing Thistle, and I always think to myself. They, they, they were a team that never took a scalp off as every, everybody else managed the result against, but I don't think they ever beat us in, in my I, time following Rangers. I, we struggled. A quick, Google, a, quick Google, a quick Google looks like no, they haven't. I don't know. Yeah. The only the only games I can think of, Ryan, was during the, I think it was, oh, must be Mark Warburton years. Joe Dodo the, scored. Joe Dodo scored two near the end. Yeah. And oh, was that that game? Joe Gardner scored a last minute goal. Yeah. Um, I'd done the ligaments my ankle on the quayside that day because I jumped up <laughs> to celebrate. I jumped, I jumped up to celebrate a Joe Garner ninety um, fourth minute winner against. That's how bad it was back in the day. And I came back down and the, the quayside carpet at the time was a bit all over the shop and landed right in my ankle. Two weeks off work. You were also seven to ten days. Aye, seven to ten days. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This is one of the biggest things that I've just found. In 1921, the Cup was won after a marathon journey to the final with a 1-0 success over Rangers. There you go, 1921. <laughs> oh, if my dad's watching, I'll ask if he was at it. I'm only joking, Dad. I'm only, only joking. Um, well, we played Thistle, who knocked out Dunfermline in the last round on penalties, uh, 4-2. Dunfermline, I think, are top of League One. Um, and Partick Thistle are round about fourth in the Championship, so I think their form... Is very up and down. Quick question to you all as well. Just go over this quickly before I get your teams. Does anyone know? First answer. Does anyone know the former Rangers player who plays with Thistle? Oh, get it in the comments if anyone knows as well. It's, well it's a former Rangers player that plays with Partick Thistle just now. McMillan, the right back. No, no. I don't think he, he played. He I don't think he played. I think he done drugs or something. I'm sure he could yeah. done with drugs. Well, obviously, Cole, Cole McKinnon's loan at the minute with them. So obviously, he Ricky Foster. I'll, I'll see. Oh, no, Hodgson. Lee Hodgson. Lee Hodgson. Lee Hodgson. Well done. You bun yourself. Whatever you want. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, for me, it should be a pretty straightforward game, no matter who we play um, in the first in the first 11. I think Rangers should win convincingly. I'd like to see some players being given an opportunity, but I think what's more important is I think Michael Beale will be looking at this game as getting players up to speed for this game at the end of the month. Cantwell, uh, Raskin, players like that, I think he want them starting against Celtic at the end of the month. It's a big one for us. We all know it. We all feel it's coming. And I think that's a perfect opportunity to get these boys starting. So I'll come to you first. Ali, your thoughts on this game, your team and your score, please. I'm actually quite looking forward to it. I think Partick Thistle's bringing 2,600 fans, I think, I've seen, which would be the biggest support we've had at Ibrook since a European team's been there, I think, this season. So they'll add something to the game. It's a Glasgow derby. I know Celtic harp on that the Glasgow derby's between me and them, but uh, me, uh, us and them, sorry, but it's um, the Glasgow derby. So, yeah, I think it'll be quite good. I looked at the tickets. They've kind of picked up a wee bit. They opened the club deck this week as well, which which is usually a indication that it'll be a decent crowd. So I'm looking forward to it, four o'clock. 
Yeah, I want to show by Rangers. I've been to Ibrox so many times this season, Ryan. I know the, all those lads thought the show was going to come last week and it didn't come. So I'm expecting a show. I'm expecting changes, not major changes, but I'm expecting changes. Um, a bit of rotation as well, hopefully. But I'm expecting a show by Rangers on, um, on Sunday and to see the new boys start as well. And Jim Sloan, thank you very much. You want my team? Go for it. My team are hummed and hawed with us. I'd be surprised if any of us have the same team here, but I think you'll stick with John McLaughlin in goal. So McLaughlin in goal, a back line. I think Tav might have a wee rest here. So Divine at right back. Goldson, because he always plays. I think Leon King will come in beside him. Your pal Barisic, Ryan, at left back. I did have James Sands there, but I rubbed him out. So Ryan Jack, because I think he'll miss Livingston the following week. So Jack. Raskin and Cantwell, Scott Wright instead of Ryan Kent, Cholak through the middle, and the man for Zambia on the right-hand side. And I'm going to go 4 nil Rangers, a Cantwell first goal. Mm, I think I'm going to go a similar team. I think McGregor will play, though, because he's not played for is that a couple of weeks now. I think he's not played for I think he needs to play McGregor. I think he has to now, and I think I think it'll be McGregor that plays in the cup as well. I think he'll be trying to get this cup team ready for for, for them against uh, them at the end of the month. Uh, so I I'll go with that, and I'll go with I'm going five now Rangers, and I will go Cantwell to score first. Carney, what are you thinking of this game? Thank you very much, Mister John Lamy. Really appreciate it, and Jim as well. But Carney, what's your team? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I. Uh... Would like to think we'll see a performance on Sunday, especially because I've got to go to Ibrox at four o'clock on a Sunday, which is a ridiculous time for football. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting. I, I do. I expect still quite a strong team, though. Uh, I don't think he'd be looking to change it too much because we have so much time between games just now. I don't think he'll be really willing to risk it too much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we should be comfortably taking care of Partick Thistle at Ibrox. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the atmosphere will be quite good. They say Partick Thistle will bring in a, 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 a good crowd with them. So no, definitely looking forward to it. My team, um, I'm saying McGregor will come back in. They won't play McLaughlin. Uh, I have went for Devine, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Jack, Raskin, Cantwell. I think Hadji will start. I think Kent will still start because Hadji is starting and Cholak up front. Um, have I missed somebody out? I have, I've missed somebody out, haven't I? One, no. two, three, four, five, six. No, I've done 11. No, that's good. No, I've done 11. Yeah, so I, th- I know. I think Kent, I think Kent will, um, I think Kent will start because Hadji will start on um, the kind of right, if you like. Uh, I will also go for 4 0 Rangers and I will also go for Cantwell to score first. Ooh, three Cantwells. Oh, so that's and th- and obviously the, th- the three of us are playing two goalkeepers as well because we're going with Goldson. Brilliant, uh, Scotia. <laughs> that'll be pleasing you. That'll be pleasing to hear you going. Uh, this uh, Carney's picking Hadji. Are you picking Hadji in your team for Sunday? No, I don't think I'm picking him to start. I think he'll. I definitely think he'll come on, but I don't think he'll start. I am um, just my opinion. And there's another player that I maybe want to see starting instead. But I know I'm looking forward to Sunday. Like the guys, yes, it could would be better if it was a wee bit earlier, or if it was on the Saturday, please, or if we were the game that was actually on the night, um, that'd be good. You know, it'll be good to play part of this because it seems like a, a while since we've actually played them, and I do like playing good teams from Glasgow, so um, it'd be good to play them. And obviously, the way the championships going, actually, Queens Park looks like they might get promoted, so we'll have another proper Glasgow derby to look forward to. Um, yes, yeah, so looking forward to it. No, my team, McCrory wasn't mentioned in press conference about injuries, was he? No, no. I don't think I don't I don't think he'll start. But if if he was fit, I would play McCrory. But given what Bill had said as well about not making many changes, my team selections changed since this morning. So um, I'll go for McGregor and goals. Same kind of back four as Carney Davis. Ed, sorry, Divine Goldson Davis and Barisic, Raskin and Jack like Carney as well. Just given that it's Levy away next week, I don't think he wouldn't play next week with that pitch. And then. Front slightly different. I'm going Cantwell, Kent, Lowry, and Cholak. Quite like to see Alex Lowry start this game. That'd be good. Four nil as well. Four nil as well. And I'll go for a a Lowry first goal scorer. 
I mean, he had, he had one job there, didn't he? He literally had Honestly. one job there to do. One job. Can't we all pick Cantwell. Aye. And Scotia goes, <laughs> I'll pick Lowry. <laughs> you know the awesome. thing is, Scotia texts me before the pod started. He's like, I'm going to pick Cantwell for first goal scorer. So he's uh-huh. just been twisted. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. No, brilliant lads. Um, that's 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 what pretty much us this evening. Thank you, everyone, for getting involved in the comments. Hopefully, Rangers do the business on Sunday. Um, thanks to to my guests as well, Ali Pearson. Thank you very much, mate. No problem. Looking forward to Sunday. I'm just hoping the Rangers put that show on for me, and I'm pretty sure they will. We'll do it, mate. We'll do it, Scotia. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, Ryan. Cheers, guys, and thank you, listeners, as always. Charlie, thank you, mate. Um, I'll try and get that internet sorted uh, for the next time I do this. I do apologise to all the listeners. That must have been very frustrating. But believe me, I had a sweat on. Uh, mate, I, at one point, I didn't know if it was mine as well. And I was going, hang on. And I was looking at Ali in Scotia for some reassurance and I wasn't getting any. And I was like, is this mine? Uh, no, mate, don't worry about it. These things happen, mate. It's what live podcasting is all about. So no no damage done, mate. Um, cheers, all the listeners. Cheers for hosting Ryan and putting the Manscaped promo in the right place. Much appreciated, mate. And yeah. Uh, Sunday now, yeah. Need to figure out something to do tomorrow. Yeah, everyone have a good weekend. The boys will be back with a reaction pod on Sunday after the game, where hopefully we are through to the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup after beating Partick Thistle. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Please like, share and subscribe, and we will see you again soon. We are Club at 22. Cheers. <laughs>